What is up, everybody? Okay, I have some explaining to do, but it's honestly not my fault, so don't be mad at me, okay? Pinky promise. Obviously, I did not release an episode last week, which was not intentional. Somebody out there in the podcasting entrepreneurial realm does not want me to have a podcast, okay? I'm not going to bog down on the details because that's not funny and it's not entertaining and it's probably not very interesting to listen to, but hear me out for just a sec, okay? When I started having a podcast in late 2019, it was a totally different setup, different theme. It was about like sex and relationships and I would go out in public. I would meet strangers off of Craigslist and basically interview them about their deepest, darkest, most personal and intimate relationship and sex stories. And as we all know, in March of 2020, the world shut down because of COVID. So I had to totally scrap my sex and dating podcast In the middle of COVID, I was so bored and depressed at home that I was like, okay, I should launch myself and keep myself busy with a new podcast. And then something else happened that I don't want to get into. And then now it's what, August 2022. And this is my third attempt of like rebranding my shtick. And my usual podcasting setup just totally fucking broke. I don't know if it's the microphone or the wire or the fact that I got a new computer. Let me tell you something. I am a little bit of a Mac whore or like an Apple whore. Anytime Apple comes out with like a new iPhone or um, tablet or computer or like desktop, I'm like, ooh, like shiny, sparkly, brand new invention. I'm here for it. I probably update or like upgrade my iPhone every two to three years. Like I am that bitch that is a sucker for the new camera and the new specs and the new technology. But I am really frustrated with this latest MacBook release, like the MacBook Air, because it doesn't have a USB port at all. So my podcasting microphone operates on a USB port like most appliances do, but the USB board is non-existent on the MacBook computer. So I had to get like the convert converter and maybe the converter is the reason that it's fucking up because the wires are like going through this new apparatus. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I took my, my podcasting setup to like Best Buy. They have like a geek squad. It's the same as iTunes or the Mac, Mac genius bar. And they were like, uh, girl, we don't fucking know. And I was like, great. You're obviously not the genius that I thought you were. If you don't know, and I don't fucking know, then this podcast doesn't exist. Um, but I figured out a solution. I am using my old 2011 MacBook to podcast because this guy has never failed me. Meanwhile, my 2022 MacBook Air is running into a shitload of problems because it doesn't have a USB port. Is Mercury in retrograde? I mean, is it never not in retrograde? I feel like every time I turn on my phone and I go on social media, somebody, some influencer is like, Mercury in retrograde, guys, like brace yourself for technological problems. That was me last week. And I am so sorry if you thought that I had left you or, or if I had failed you or if I have quit. Here's the thing. I was like, you know what? Either I figure out what the fuck is going on 
with this technology or the podcast does not exist. The limit does not exist, right? It's like either I figure this shit out or I just drop everything because if my audio doesn't sound good, guess what, Buttercup? You don't have a podcast. Like audio is the key element here. I have no other way to entertain you besides crisp, clear audio. It's not like a YouTube video where I can take you around and show you the visuals and use graphics and use like emojis or text. It's just audio. And if my microphone and my computer are not communicating properly, then we don't have a fucking podcast. And I felt really fucking sad, really fucking frustrated last week. It was an emotional roller coaster, but we're back, you know? We're back. I figured it out. Today's episode is going to be my attempt. This is totally unrelated to the intro, by the way. Today's episode, I'm going to attempt. This is my pledge to try and put music, magic, art, creativity, love into words. I mean, how do you describe a feeling? And how do you describe the emotional effects that art has on us? If you are the type of person who has never cried to a movie or a book or a song or a sculpture or a painting, if you have never been captivated or consumed by a work of art, you are not going to understand this episode. Like, if you have never felt so wholeheartedly emotional and like whether it's positive, negative, whether it's sad or elated or euphoric or depressed or if you have never chewed off your fingernails in anticipation and anxiety while watching a scary movie or have you have never felt tingles run through your entire body when your favorite song comes up or have the hairs on the back of your neck stand up. That's what I call the magic of music, the magic of art, the magic of picking up your favorite book. Like to me, the world or like the human life revolves around art. To me, art is what makes the world go round. It what makes it's what makes life worth living. It's the feeling of starting The Simpsons or The Office or Parks and Rec, your favorite TV show from season one, episode one, just because you feel like it in the middle of like a Sunday or maybe you come home from work and it was a really shitty day and you're like, oh my God, I really want something comforting that's just going to soothe my soul. And you make some like microwave nachos. You just throw some cheese on some chips and put it in the microwave or in the stove or you eat like Cheetos out of a bowl using a chopstick and you're watching friends episode one season one you know my husband makes fun of me all the time he's like you're starting this again like how many times have you restarted your favorite show and I'm like dude like a hundred (laughs) times you know what I mean so if you've never felt that like all-consuming feeling towards music art tv movies paintings sculptures poetry like stop listening now because like I said this is Me trying to describe a feeling, trying to describe something that's invisible, that isn't physical, that isn't tangible, that, but at the same time, you feel it through every orifice and crevice of your body. You feel your heart pounding, you feel your temples tingling, you feel the hairs on your neck standing up. Um, So for me, um, I experienced this all-consuming feeling this past weekend um, when I saw one of my favorite bands in the whole wide world, Rammstein, which is probably an unexpected band. Like, when's the last time you heard a Rammstein song? They were they were hot shit in the 90s, at least in Europe where I grew up. We'll get into the history of Rammstein a little bit later, but I finally saw them after 
I don't know, three decades of listening and loving their music. I saw them live here in Minneapolis at the U.S. Bank Stadium. It was a two and a half hour show, the most magical, eye-opening experience I've had in a long, long time. And it just reminded me of how much power, how much influence art holds over us. So in order to kind of describe like how powerful that concert was to me, I got to take you back. You know, I got to take you back in history to the first time I, I heard this band. And even if you don't love Rammstein or you have no idea who I'm talking about, you've never heard their music, I wouldn't be surprised because they are a German band. They were way more popular in Europe than they ever were in the US or Canada or literally anywhere else. So even if you're like, okay, why would I listen to this episode? I don't give a shit about Rammstein. Just replace Rammstein with your favorite band or your favorite author or your favorite actress or actor. Just replace them and imagine what it what, what it would be like to see that band live or to meet that author or to watch that movie for the first time and just be so captivated and blown away by it, right? So I'm going to take you back to middle school. For the listeners or like frequent listeners will already know this about me, but I was raised in the Czech Republic, which is a neighboring country to Germany. I lived there probably from when I was two years old to 18 years old. It is very much my home country. Prague is my hometown. My nationality is Czech. I also have U.S. nationality, but that's, you know, neither here nor there. But like I am Czech, you know. Uh, despite the accent uh, and the Americanness in my voice that you probably hear, like I am Czech, my parents are Czech, my grandmother, my mom, my mom's partner, they all live back home. So as a middle schooler growing up in Prague, we didn't have access to the typical American MTV, right? Like no surprise there. But what we did have was either MTV UK or MTV Germany. There are so many small countries in Europe that it would be ridiculous for each country to have its own separate MTV. So we had two, MTV Germany and MTV UK. Or if you wanted to pay a little bit of extra money, you could get the package deal, which was um, MTV Euro. So as a middle schooler, being obsessed with music and just like jamming out in my room with my TV on, I begged and begged and begged my mom to get the MTV UK set up. I think it's like a cable, they put a satellite on your roof, and then every TV in your house is gonna have access to this channel. My mom, being the angel that she was, did eventually not only allow me to have a TV in my room, but have a TV that had access to the MTV channels. And of course, being a a shitty middle schooler, I repaid my mom for this incredibly nice deed by spending zero time with her and spending all time, all hours of the day with my TV on in my room with the door closed, ignoring society, right? And because this is like European MTV, it was way more common for them to play European bands. We definitely had like Green Day and Eminem and like popular songs from American artists. But whenever there was a music countdown, like maybe the top 10 or top 20 hits, 90% of those songs came from European artists. So who do you think came on so frequently on, on these countdowns? Rammstein, right? As I said, Germany, neighboring country of Czech Republic. So I heard their music every hour on the hour. And there's a song by Rammstein called Zona, which translated into English means sun, S-U-N. 
And this mu- and this is the 90s, right? Or like early 2000s where MTV played nothing but music. It's not like the MTV these days. Like Gen Z will never understand the early days of MTV when it was nonstop music videos. Nowadays, it's like Catfish or Room Raiders or Next or Dismissed or Cartoons. You know what I mean? Like MTV these days is not really music anymore. It's just fucking reality shows. Back then, in middle school, it was nothing but music videos. So I'm a middle schooler, obviously I said that a hundred times, sorry, watching these music videos. And the music video for Zona comes on. And I'm a little embarrassed to admit this, but this was around the time that I was starting to like discover boys. I was never a cooties type of girl. I always liked boys. Like even in kindergarten, even in first grade, I remember having crushes and I remember wanting to like be near boys and play with boys like on the recess field. I always wanted to be around boys. Like I was just kind of boy crazy. So I never thought boys had had cooties per se. But around the middle school age, you start like discovering your sexuality. You start like discovering your hormones and realizing like, oh, I have a vagina. You have a penis. Like, how does that work? Like, we're different, but we're also like opposites and opposites attract. And like, as at least as a straight girl, you know what I mean? Like, I'm sure if you have a different sexual preference, it was different for you. But as a straight girl, that was me, you know, interested in boys and being attracted to like their muscles and their bodies and the way that they move and the way that they behave. Right. Like I was into it. So I'm watching the Zona music video and it is a sexualized version of Snow White. I know it's not really appropriate to say the word dwarves anymore. It's not like the correct term, but for conversation's sake, the music video is a reinterpretation, a sexualized interpretation of Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. So the band members of Rammstein are playing the Seven Dwarves. I think there's actually six band members and they hired this like super hot gorgeous porcelain skin model with with black hair and like ruby red lips to play Snow White. And they're brushing her hair. They're feeding her. They're bathing her. Uh, At one point, they're doing drugs with her. You know, it's like the adult version of Snow White. Um, And in the video, I think Snow White like ODs because she snorts too much cocaine, but the cocaine is actually like gold sparkly glitter. And then she like ODs and then they bury her and then like they chew an apple, right? They put her in like that glass kind of casket. So I'm watching this music video of and and they're also like mining because I think aren't the dwarves like mining in the coals looking for like diamonds and special treasure? Isn't that kind of what Snow White is as well? So in the music video, the band members are wearing like these leather vests and leather pants and they're using power tools and they're drilling in the caves and they have dirt and sweat and, you know, black goo on their face and their muscles are glistening from sweat and they're using chainsaws and hammers and like they're drilling and their muscles are shaking when they're drilling. And I'm like having a sexual awakening over here in my room just watching this music video. So dare I say, you know, I I loved Rammstein's music the first time I heard it. It was literally love at first listen. But more than that, it was like my first sexual awakening. And I've had conversations with my husband like, do you remember the first 
time you saw a woman like on TV or in a movie or in a magazine and you were like, like instant boner, instant like horny, instant realizing that you're a, you're a human being who's like gonna fuck eventually because you have hormones and like what else do humans do to, in order to procreate? You have to bang. You know what I mean? Like it's what humans were put on this planet to do. It's like to fuck. That was me. <laughs> That was me watching the Zona music video. I was like, hello, my nipples are hard. What What's happening, right? My husband's, I think, first sexual awakening MTV related was Fiona Apple. She was a little bit before my time, but there was a music video for like, maybe like, I've been a bad, bad girl. And she's like this like hot ass, like young, like teen, like 18 year old baby doll. You know what I mean? That was his vibe. But anyway, that is just like a long-winded explanation of why I love Rammstein so much. I love the music, yes. The music video turned me on for the very first time ever. But more so than that, like, there are bands that just stick with you for life. And there are... and. Your favorite band will change every now and then depending on your preferences. Like I would not consider Rammstein my favorite band because I definitely have like, I don't really love metal music generally speaking. Like I hate Metallica. I hate Black Sabbath. I I couldn't even tell you other metal musicians because I'm just not interested in that genre and I've never looked into it beyond Rammstein. But so I wouldn't call them like my favorite but I will say that they have stuck with me my entire life. They've stuck with me for like th- three or two and a half decades at this point. From being a middle school kid, discovering her sexuality alone in her room watching MTV, to being an adult and being somebody who like likes that kind of dance metal music, you know? And I think watching their music videos just reminded me that it's okay to like be a little bit odd and be a little bit rough around the edges and wear black clothes. Because if you were to see photos of me in middle school, I don't think you would be surprised. Like I was that quintessential like emo goth girl who dressed in like hot topic clothes with spiked belts and I had jet black hair. And I remember one time in middle school around the same time that Rammstein came on, I was listening on my first ever iPod, like the classic chunky white, oops, I just banged the table, the chunky white iPod, the first one ever. I was listening to, it was probably on shuffle, but the song was um, Welcome to the Black Parade. No, no, that was way later. It was Helena. I think that was My Chemical Romance's first single. It was Helena. And one of my guy friends at the time, like jokingly, grab the iPod out of my hands because he was like, what are you listening to? You're like always so tuned out of the world listening to your music. And he saw that it was Helena and he was like, oh my God, Sophie, you're so emo. Like I was called emo for so many years and like I was called goth for so many years. And I think Rammstein was like that first band where I was like, hey, like I'm not weird or I'm not alone in this preference to wear black or leather or like spiked belts and chains like if these successful musicians and singers can do it why can't I I'm not weird I'm not a freak there is a community for me there are other people out there like me men dress like this women dress like this all genders like all ages like I'm not alone you know what I mean so even though they're not my favorite band they're a band that has had so much 
influence and impact on me emotionally, sexually, culturally. Um, they were like almost like a security blanket, which seems strange to say because their music is so rock and heavy and hard, but like that's what I liked at that age. And that's what I still like now is like fucking jamming out to hardcore shit. Anytime I clean my house. So Mondays are my deep cleaning days. I will vacuum. I will clean the bathroom, wipe down the kitchen, um, go down into the basement and clean like our workout station. And what do I listen to when I like to clean? Rammstein. What do I listen to when I want to like feel upbeat and powerful and strong? Rammstein. What do I listen to when I want to get in that like boss bitch mood or I'm not in the mood to work out, but I need instant energy and an instant mood boost. Rammstein. This band, we go back so many years and they have had such influence on the way I dress. And not only that, but like the type of men that I'm sexually attracted to. Like I, I call it a leather daddy complex. Um, and if you Google leather daddy, you may read that like a lot of them belong to the LGBTQ community, but Rammstein is like a perfect example of like straight, big, burly men who love to dress in leather and chains and whips and like do fire play and do like BDSM play on stage, right? Like Leather Daddy Complex, I grew up with that. I love like big, burly, hairy chest, broad shoulders type men who like, kind of look they're they're kind of like bears in the LGBTQ community you you also hear of bears so it's like bears meets leather daddy equals Rammstein and they shaped me sexually like what can i say so anyway fast forward to this past saturday i finally saw the band that has had such influence on me since i was like fucking 13 years old I saw them live. What's really great about their shows is that unlike other bands, most bands that you'll see have two sections, two options where you can buy tickets. The first option is like general admission where you're just on the floor. You don't have a seat. You're in the mosh pit vibing out with the crowd. The second option is like you do have a seat, a designated seat that like you pick out beforehand. With Rammstein shows, there's a third section. There's seated in the arena, there's general admission, and then there's a section called the fire zone, which is the most expensive and also the closest to the stage. If you have never seen like Rammstein photos or music videos, the lead singer, Till, he is a licensed pyrotechnician, which means that he has... Um, a learning degree or like a certificate that allows him to play with fire on stage, which I think is incredible. I mean, to be honest with you, Till, the lead singer, um, he is actually a, a super intelligent guy. I've listened to so many interviews with him where he talks about being a pyrotechnician, but also growing up in like communist Nazi Germany. Um, he was he was old enough to remember the Berlin Wall falling and, you know, the East versus West Germany. He is, you know, obviously anti-Hitler and anti-communism and anti-dictatorship. Uh, and in his interviews, he talks about how Rammstein's music is very heavily like anti-authority, anti-government, anti-dictatorship. And just like being your own person and being free to express yourself through clothes, fashion, music, makeup, um, body language. Like he is all about being 
you know, waving your inner flag and letting your freak flag fly and like just being yourself. He's just, he's such an advocate for just like being you. And if you are come off strange to somebody else, who the fuck cares? As long as you are like a nice, kind, decent human being and you're not uh, hurting anyone physically or emotionally, like you can just be you to the fullest extent and express yourself however you see fit, as long as like, obviously you're not like hurting anybody, you know? So he is the biggest advocate for that. And in his interviews and in their music, if you do translate their lyrics from German to English, you can see that, you know? So he's just a great guy overall. Um, somebody who whose words I take very much to heart and agree with. So I love, so anyway, going back to the pyrotechnician, Rammstein's shows, because the singer does have this like license, are insanely wild fire shows fire cannons fire rockets and the fire zone is closest to the stage it's a separate ticket and it's a totally separate section where you need a special band to you know a wristband to get through and I paid probably like $300 a ticket for myself and for my husband to go into the fire zone and let me tell you I left the show drenched in sweat. I was dancing like the Tasmanian devil. Not only that, but the lights are beating down on you. Not only that, but you have fire blasting just inches from your face. But it's totally safe. It's totally legal. It's totally like certified. And I was dancing in the middle of fucking fire rockets blowing over my head. At one point, the two lead guitarists shot fire out of their fucking guitars. Um, they were burning each other on stage like they were wearing special vests and like body suits where they themselves wouldn't get injured. But they're literally ablaze on fire walking on stage. It was insane. Um, midway through the concert, the band uh, crowd surfed. They were on inflatable rafts and the crowd, the people in the fire zone were able to, you know, lift their rafts overhead and carry them on stage. While this was happening, they were handing out, they were signing postcards, like their autographs, and dropping them into the crowd. And um, who do you think left the Rammstein concert with an autographed postcard? I did. I did. I did. I did. The best way I can describe it is, have you ever been to a live baseball game? And every now and then, the hitter will hit a fly ball. And you see the ball fly into the crowd and you think to yourself, like, you must be in the perfect seat at the perfect time to catch a fly ball. Like, what are the chances that you'll catch a fly ball? Like, this is almost not even a coincidence because it's so specific and so like, it's just, it's just like the perfect moment in time. So while the band was crowd surfing, they're signing these postcards and dropping them and one of them is flown into the air. It's flying, flying, flying. Nobody man manages to catch it in the air. So the postcard hits the ground and it lands right in front of my feet. All I had to do was bend down and pick it up. There was no fighting. There was no scuffle. There was no competition. There was no like, oh, it's mine. No, it's mine. No, it's mine. It landed on my fucking feet. I bent down. I pick it up and my heart exploded like I could it was almost like 
I don't believe in God, but like it was almost like God or the universe or the band subconsciously knew that I had been waiting for this concert for like 15 fucking years of my life. And it was like the postcard was destined for me or made for me or just like I was just in the perfect place at the perfect time and they just so happened to drop the postcard right in front of me and it's flying through the air and hands are trying to grab it but nobody can and then it lands on my fucking feet like excuse me I don't know I don't know call it destiny call it fate call it uh you know it's meant to be like I totally believe in that shit and I just feel like I am not the average fan I am like almost a devoted diehard fan and it's like the band knew it God knew it this the the spirits knew it the ghosts knew it the energy of the universe fucking knew it and they were like you know what Sophie not only are you gonna leave this show with a shit ton of memories and photographs and videos, you're also gonna leave this show with like a tangible memento object. You have something to physically hold in your hands until the day you die, right? It's like almost like a souvenir, right? Like it's one thing to travel to a foreign land and like take photos and videos and Instagram, woohoo. But when you leave a foreign country with like a magnet or a piece of home decor or a candle or a piece of clothing, like maybe you went shopping, like that makes the trip that much more special and memorable because now you have something to literally take home with you that even if technology failed you and all your photos and all your videos just disappeared and vanished and were deleted, you still have that candle, that postcard, that shirt, you know what I mean? That wristband, that bracelet, you still have it. Um, I don't know what else to say, you guys. I left my blood, sweat, and tears in the fire zone. And I mean that literally, okay? When I grabbed that postcard, there was a man behind me. And David, my husband, will even attest to this. This guy was like six foot five, 300 pounds, like a fucking giant, okay? If he wanted to beat me up, and steal the postcard from my hands, he 100% could have. And maybe if my husband wasn't standing right next to me, maybe he would have. He was giving me the dirtiest looks that I got it. But like, fair is fair, bro. It didn't land in front of you. It landed in front of me. You know what I mean? Like, what are you going to do? Like, punch me in the face and steal it? Maybe. if he, He probably wanted to. But like, I'm not kidding you guys. This guy nearly fought me. The look in his eyes was pure hatred, pure jealousy and envy and like, girl, bitch, like I'm going to smack you. Nothing happened. (laughs) I was totally safe. But the look in in his eyes, I could tell this guy wanted to fucking fight me. Um, I like I said, I was sweating so profusely from the lights and the fire show and I was dancing like a fucking crazy person. I had to take a shower immediately when I came home. My feet are destroyed. I made a silly mistake. I have these Doc Martens that put me two inches taller than I really am. And like for shows, that's always helpful because you can see over the crowd. So I wore these Doc Martens, but unfortunately they are a little bit small. So they really put pressure on my heels and on my toes. So I have two blisters on each heel. I'm pretty sure I'm in the process of losing a toenail because my toenail is bruised, you guys. Like, I'm not going to go into details because it is nasty and gnarly. You you probably know what it's like to lose your big toenail. I think that's happening. Um, 
just because I was dancing so wild and my feet were just so tightly constrained in these small shoes. At the end of the concert, after my, my husband went to the bathroom and he comes out of the restroom and I'm standing there with my shoes in my hands, just standing in my socks. And he's like, what's wrong? And I was like, babe, like, I can't walk. And he was like, okay, okay, like, no problem. Like, do you want me to carry your shoes? And then we get outside and I guess it had just rained or there was like a really big storm. So I'm walking in my socks through puddles of rainwater back to the car. But you know what? I would so much rather walk and my feet be wet than wear those shoes and be bleeding. (laughs) Because I'm not kidding. These blisters are the size of eyeballs and my toenails are not doing that good. So if you can just imagine me drenched in sweat, holding this autographed postcard close to my chest, because I don't want anyone to rip it out of my hands and run away. I was ho- I was guarding that shit with my life. So just imagine me gripping this postcard, drenched in sweat. My makeup is running down my face because I did not wear waterproof mascara. I don't even own waterproof mascara. And my chunky Doc Martens are in my hands and I'm walking in wet rain water and (laughs) I just have the biggest smile on my face because it felt like, it felt like my life and my musical journey with this band had come full circle. It felt like I was destined to get that postcard and it was meant for me and the universe somehow knew that I had been loving this band since middle school and they've had such an impact and such influence on my upbringing and who I am and the way I dress and the type of men that I'm attracted to like it all it's all relevant you know and that's the power of music that's the magic of music so that's all for me I'll talk to you guys soon I promise I will not miss another week because I have finally figured out my technological setup I will talk to you guys soon have a great day everybody bye